got a million dollars. Hot dog! I'm Joel Volk and welcome to Small BizCast, where twice a month I explore the lives of small business owners to dig a bit deeper and expose strengths, weaknesses, ideas, and challenges with blemishes and all. Every once in a while, I meet a small business hero whose secret is to keep it simple and work very hard. The only thing is, they have something special that they may not even know about. Such is the case with today's guest, Nick Guglielmo, a fisherman's catch in the Channel Islands Harbor. As you listen to this interview, as a small business person, you will find comfort in knowing that you are not alone. Hopefully, you'll learn something while finding inspiration and ideas from the people I introduce you to, like Nick. Hopefully, you'll laugh a little too. Hot dog. It's a wonderful life. I really want to thank you for being on Small BizCast, Nick. For me, small business is my passion. I've been in small business since I was a teenager, and I've uh, worked for several family businesses. And my business started as a family business and uh, ended up growing it and selling it. And now I work for a gigantic company, and I've learned a lot about running a business from working for a gigantic company. But I love, I miss the the humanity of being in a family business where you, in my case, I got to work with my dad. I tried to get my son to work for me. He resented every minute of it. And then when I first moved into this neighborhood, you know, I love seafood. And so I, I was really thrilled to have a place I could walk to and grab a good quality seafood. And then I got to, didn't get to know you guys, but I got to know who you were just. And so I was really just kind of excited to be one of your customers. But what made me want to interview on Small BizCast was your Facebook posts when you were talking about your dad and the fact that your boats are named after your kids and the fact that your, I think your dad's boat was named after you and your brother, right? My dad's boat was named after his dad, the first one, the San Anello. Uh-huh. And then my son named his boat after my dad and myself, Philip Nick. Got it. That's Got my it. son's boat. And now he has a new boat. He called it after his two daughters, the Madeline Lauren. I think it's just fabulous. And I, I think that's what uh, makes small business so fun and so personal. Business, Small business is not all business. It's personal. And it's passionate. It comes across in the way you post things. Do you mind telling me your story? Just got, how you got started and what it was like working for your dad as a kid and growing up in this? Being an Italian family in San Pedro, you were either a longshoreman or a fisherman. And my dad was a fisherman. So when I was five years old, I started fishing with my dad. Of course, I went through high school. And then after high school, I went straight, strictly fishing. I have a brother that's nine years older, older than me on the same day. We were born on the same day. He actually graduated from USC civil engineer and now he's a, he's a fisherman too is that right it's in our blood it's, it's in our blood believe it or not all my relatives were all in the fishing industry then around i was working for monterey bay aquarium catching great white sharks for them a little bit or trying to catch them yeah and um and they paid me to come fish up in ventura county here or they sponsored me anyway but anyway when we came up here you know we um we fell in love with the area. So we ended up moving up here. 
Yeah, we opened up this restaurant around 12 years ago. Gotcha. <coughs> so that's interesting. So Monterey Bay Aquarium was having you catch great whites out of the waters off of Ventura? They were just, they sponsored me because I have a history of trying to, you know, catch one here and there, you know, right. top quality that lives in the aquarium. And I actually produced one that lived in their aquarium. We kept it there about eight months and it got too big for the tank. So they ended up releasing it. They tracked it all the way to Mexico. He's still alive somewhere, but that's as far as we got it tracked. But when you say produced them, you mean he, he was bred in captivity? No, we, um, I kind of have a feel for where they're at. And I try to, you know, try to catch one when they let me. When you say you have a feel for where it's at, you have a set, like a sixth sense for how to, where, where the fish are. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. When we're fishing our, when we're fishing our fishery, we could tell what kind of fish are around because they, the way they bite or they prey on the other fish that we catch, like barracuda, mm -hmm. then we know usually what kind of predators are around. And what time do you start your day every day? Um, we start before the sun comes up. So we leave, depending on the sun, it's, our hours change all the time. Right now, the sun's coming up early, so we start going out at 4.30. During winter months, we fish in San Pedro, so we actually get up at 3.30. Oh, when wow. I talk to Weed, my son's a fisherman too. He has his own boat. We like <clears throat> we carpool together when we drive to San Pedro. And you don't you fish with the crew though, right? You have guys that work for you on the boat. San Pedro, we have a crew and Ventura, we just fish by our lonesome. Oh, really? What does your crew do when you're not when you're not in San Pedro? Does it just they, they go out by themselves or do they come out here? No, I have one crew in San Pedro. We fish lobsters in San Pedro, so he's been working on my gear, getting it ready for next year. So before my son and I used to drive down, now the crew does it for us. So we keep them, we try to keep them on salary throughout the year because we actually have a good crew down there. We don't want to lose them. We're going to take a short break and be right back. Small BizCast is proud to support Fit for the Cause. Fit for the Cause is the leading organization in fitness for low-income and special needs communities. Founded in response to the national health crises, Fit for the Cause has used licensed and COVID-conscious trainers to keep their members active, even during the pandemic. Offering physical training, nutrition, and a variety of classes, members benefit from the same resources given to Special Olympic athletes. So stay active now by going to www.fitforthecause.org. That's fit, the numeral four, thecause.org. You may remember Janice Miller of Miller Haga Law Group from our episode, Saving Nigel in season one. Miller Haga supports businesses of all sizes from large to small. No matter what phase your business is in, from startup to wind down, Miller Haga Law Group acts as your innovative general counsel. Their experienced team of lawyers will keep the gears of your business turning. If you want to minimize your liability while maximizing your profits with competent and efficient counsel, contact MillerHaga.com for more information. That's MillerHaga, H-A-G-A.com. Document technology continues to be a challenge for businesses as they go back and forth from working remotely to working in-house. One of the challenges facing management is that documents need to be shared. They also need to be secured. There's privacy issues, there's access issues. Those are the types of things that keep people up at night. Mercury Document Imaging has been solving problems like these since 1982. We are in the unique position to leverage our years of experience with our tremendous resources to solve this and other similar problems. We do it economically, more importantly, we do it efficiently. So if you have issues that you'd like us to help with, please call 818-782-1221 or go to mercurydoc.com, M-E-R-C-U-R-Y-D-O-C.com. 
We are back. You're listening to Small BizCast. I'm Joel Volk, and I'm speaking with Nick Guglielmo of Fisherman's Catch. So when you open your restaurant after being a professional fisherman, it must have been, it's a completely different skill set to run a restaurant than it is to run a fishing, a couple of fishing boats, right? <laughs> That's for sure. So what, when what we first started, like? we signed, yeah, we signed a two-year lease. I was hoping that it didn't take off because it's a lot of hours here. Right. We have a lot of employees on a boat. You know, we just worry about ourselves or one guy. You know, now we fell in love with all our employees. And even during the COVID, we kept them on payroll because this is like our second job. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure, you know, their families were fed and we did everything we could to keep everything going. And we were very fortunate. My older daughter's in marketing and I was doing videos on the boat. And during that time of the COVID, our business really picked up. We were actually busier than we were before. That was my guess. My, my guess was that COVID was actually good for your business. The, the restaurants that were close to you, a couple of them closed down or at least put, put on abbreviated hours. And those of us that live in the neighborhood were thrilled to be able to walk someplace and, and grab good quality food, not have to rely on other types of food. You guys were catching last year, you were halibut and selling it for what, 12 or $13 a pound, which is just the biggest bargain in the world. My wife had to say to me, can you please stop bringing home halibut? I just can't eat it four days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were really, um, our main supplier, you know, they supply a lot of restaurants and they were hurting during the COVID, the guys we sell our fish to. Yeah. And, um, we only sell, you know, a certain percentage here at the fish market, Fisherman's Catch. The rest of all goes downtown L.A. And when they were hurting, you know, we were still producing our halibut. So we wanted to blow it out. So it was like a blowout sell, twelve gotcha. ninety nine a pound. Yeah, that was great. Why didn't you just catch less? And I guess that's not always that easy to do, probably, because then you still have to make the economics work for taking the boat out. We fish halibut only from, like, just a few months a year because then you know we uh we go into lobster season like from march october through march and that's like our real bread butter winter for our home you know that's how we supply our family and all our lobsters go overseas to china just because of the price but, you, um, you sell lobster in your store but you bring that in from another party right lobsters we have now are coming from the east coast the ones with the claws the spiny lobsters are real real pricey yeah. And it really doesn't pay to sell. You know, it's hard to sell something for that much money. But, you know, some customers that want it will bring it in. Right. Otherwise, otherwise we sell them downtown LA to a girl. Who works for you family-wise? How many kids work for you? Two daughters and one son. My son, he's a fisherman like me. And he owns part of the business, too. We're actually partners. Right. My younger daughter, Robin, she runs the fisherman's catch. She's our manager. She's the heart of the operation. Without her... We lock up and we go. Yeah. And then my older daughter, she does marketing, but she works for big companies too, but she helps me out when things are tough. Is, is she the one that's responsible for all your social media posts? Yeah. She edits everything I say. I can't say anything. I, I have a little humor in my, behind me, but she edits everything out. Right. I see you have a big following. How many people? Yeah. We're, you know, we're a family. It's all families fight with each other. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And we have our moments, but you know, at the end of the day, we love each other and we move on. That's just the way we were raised. My parents taught us to work hard. You know, no one's going to get, you're not going to get any, get ahead in the world unless you don't work. Right. So that's what we do. We work honestly seven days a week and it's, um, I'm getting to the point though. I'm going to be 63 this year. 
I don't know. I'm taking up golf now, but it's a hard sport. <laughs> I was trying to guess your age, you know, because you look super healthy, but you're exposed to the elements a lot. So it, it makes doesn't make you look young. It makes you look tough, you know, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make you look old because you're so healthy. But you, as I was curious, I was trying to guess your age. My sense is I'm slowing down, but he still can't keep up with me. Yeah, I bet you can still beat him arm wrestling, can't you? No, no, he's too big. <laughs> it's weird. The kids now are bigger than the parents. You know, they get bigger and bigger. Yeah. But you know what? My dad could have taken me down, but I can't take my son down. <laughs> so how long did you work with your dad? I worked with him a lot of years. I was When I got out of high school, we fished together probably about 30 years. Yeah. That was the best being a deckhand. You know, I had no worries, me and my dad. Was he from Italy? You know, my grandmother was born in Italy and his dad was from Italy. Yeah, he was born in San Pedro. Oh, got it. Okay, got it. Yeah. So were, the, were there fishermen in your family before your dad? My grandpa, yeah, he was. I mean, they have pictures of his boat. Oh, it was like an oar. You know, they oared everywhere they went. Oh, wow. It was, yeah, it was crazy, you know, how they caught fish that them day, but they always put food on the table. How has the technology and fishing changed since you were working with your dad as a kid? I mean, our zones are real small where we fish at. Our gear is more efficient, so we still produce fish, but the fish have to come to where we're at. We can't really go where they're at because we have to stay at least three miles off the coast in certain fisheries. So when you say zone, you mean... You mean fishing spots? Or are they legal spots? How does that work? Yeah, that's that's where it's legal first to fish. I see. There's a lot of closed area for us. And sometimes if the fish are, you know, inside in shallow water, we can't go get them because it's illegal to go in that area. So we usually wait certain times of the year. They, you know, they migrate, they move around, and that's when we try to produce and have you had to adjust your schedules because the climate's changing? Not really. How about new species coming in the area that different times of year that you didn't expect? I heard, for instance, there's a lot of fish migrating from Mexico that normally wouldn't be in these waters. Yeah, it all depends, you know, on the water temperature. But right. that doesn't affect our fishery at all. No? How come? Not, not my fishery. Everybody has different fisheries, you know? Yeah. But the fishery I do is I do local crabs local spiny lobsters, sea bass, halibut, barracuda. We do a little swordfish during summertime. And that's about it. But it's a full-time job. In the restaurant business, there are at least two or three others within 10 minutes of you. Do you cooperate with them in terms of supplying them as well? Or do they consider you a competitor and don't want to feed you? No, I tell them we have no competition. (laughs) This is our second job. And I tell my customers, you know, I go, if you support so-and-so, that's fine. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, I go, they probably need it more than we do because, of, you know, it's our second drop. Right. And we already know no one could compete with our quality. Yeah. Are we perfect? No, we're not perfect. It's hard to be perfect in a restaurant business. But I would say 95, 99% of the time, our quality is really good. Right, right, right. I was asking, though, do you supply your fish to them as well? We sell some fish to a couple other rep, um, fish places like us in town. Yeah. And we, and we su- supply a couple restaurants. Right, yeah. We go out to dinner, too, so they know who I am. And so it's like <laughs> a wash. Right. <laughs> what advice do you have for uh, people wanting to get into your business, either the restaurant business or become commercial fishermen? It's a very good business. It is, it's a lot of hours to make sure it's, everything's done right. You have to oversee it because if you're not here overseeing it, it's not going to be run the way you want it to be. And so I try to pop in once in a while. And, you know, our showcase is really important to me because that's like 
it tells everybody the, the quality of the fish when they walk in after what they look at. Right. And when, right. you know, we get busy and the showcase gets down and the trays are half empty, you know, I always like to restock. Right. I noticed you have a lot of regulars and I was, uh, I was there recently and somebody said they wanted to buy a dozen uh, crab and they said, I want six male and six female or something like that. And I thought this is someone that really knows their crabs. I didn't know they tasted differently. And then I heard you explaining in great depth as to, you know, to somebody else, why the males are different than the females when you cook them. And it was, it just reminded me of just, there's just so many details to every business and every profession that unless you've experienced it, you have no way to learn it. Uh, and I assume you don't go to school for that. These are things that you learn from other people. It's all told from somebody else to you, right? Yeah, I've been fishing crabs, honestly, since I was like five years old. I used to stand on a milk cart to, to reach in the trap down. My dad take the crabs out of the trap. During the COVID, my daughter was advertising on a Filipino website. And, um, you know, it really helped our business sell a lot of raw crabs. Because we, we kind of sell them pretty reasonable compared yeah. to what's around in the area. Right. I mean, we don't save for anybody because some people come from Bakersfield, you know, they clean the tanks out. Yeah. It's crazy. If we had it, we actually stopped advertising because we started selling too many. <laughs> so I don't know. I think we're going to have to, now that we found a new area, we're fishing about 35 miles away now. And um, we found a new area of crabs. So we might have to start advertising again. Yeah, that's good. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So what are the what are some of the lessons that your dad taught you that you want to make sure your kids learn? My daddy, believe it or not, we work sun up to sundown with my dad. He says, no one's going to give you anything. That was my dad's famous line. Yeah. And then if I stayed home one day, he goes, why did you stay home today? I go, dad, it says, you know, we need a day off once in a while. He just taught us to work hard. My sister, you know, she's not in the fish business. And believe me, my whole family works a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And you, you take a lot of pride in your work. It's obvious. Yeah, well, we, we owe it to our parents, my mom and dad. Yeah. They would give anybody anything to those two. You know, we were raised, we were, we, we weren't no silver spoon. We, yeah. we were raised the hard way. And my dad, mom and dad taught us how to survive. Any words of wisdom that you like to share? My dad, he was... I don't know. Not really. He just, like I said, <laughs> he always wanted us to work. And if we didn't yeah. catch any fish that day, you know, he goes, go try a different spot. And he always told me, he goes, you make news. You don't follow news because when you follow news, the news is already gone. There you go. <laughs> so that's what he taught us. He always taught us to try to find your own fish. I want to thank you for being here, Small Biz Cast. You know, it's just, uh, you know, we're very fortunate that our customers are so loyal to us. We really appreciate them helping us out during the hard times. We always try to give back, you know, to the community and stuff. And we're here to help everybody. And there's nothing we can say except thank you for letting us be so successful. Yeah, well, you're an important part of the community. Joel, you have a nice day. All right. Thanks for joining. Appreciate it. One of the things I try to garner from interviewing my fellow small business heroes is to really learn some nuggets, learn something, some aha moments, something I hadn't considered. And you know, Nick, in your case, your secret sauce really is a lifetime of doing things right and doing things for the right reasons and doing things with the people that are important to you and keeping it all blended together, kind of personifying that small business is not just business. It's about family. It's about life. It's about living. And I just want to thank you for that because I think that's what we miss sometimes. Sometimes. We 
we miss that fundamental element. So thank you to my buddy, Mark, who suggested I interview Nick. I think that was a great suggestion and I'm so glad I had the opportunity to get to know Nick a little bit better. For the people that listen to Small BizCast, please rate us. Please go to wherever you get your podcasts and rate us. It really helps other people find Small BizCast. And please pass the word on LinkedIn and Facebook. If you hear an episode that you like, please pass it along. Follow us on our socials for business tidbits and special offers. Thanks again for our sponsors, the Miller Haga Law Group and Mercury Document Imaging. And remember to support Fit for the Cause. And of course, thanks to my producer, Chaz Volk of Mr. Thrive Media. Couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much for listening. Hot dog. It's a wonderful life.